0: Hey, welcome back to Bankrupt Overland. This is LJ, your host. We have some special guests tonight. Pretty pumped. Uh, we have the regular crew, Jeff and Steven. We all know them. What's we up? also have Grady with us from uh, at Instagram, at Sub Overland. What's going on, Grady? Hi.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Hey, uh, so uh, we brought Grady on. Uh, I reached out to him, I don't know, a couple times. He finally agreed to come on with us and, uh, and, and chat with us tonight. Um, so we're going we're gonna to pretty much talk all things Sub-Overland tonight. Uh, he does some really, really cool stuff. Uh, and I don't want to go too far into it because I'd love for him to be able to get his own little pitch on it. Um, and so before we jump into all the questions and everything like that, um, Grady, do you want to give us a quick little commercial on, on kind of what you do and what Sub Overland is for our listeners?
1: Yeah. Uh, so we are a, you know, over, it's hard to explain it even for myself. So, um, <laughs> I, I think, um, in your eyes is, you know, sorry, I'm kind of rambling here, but it's all it's, good, brother. When you're co- combining van life and overlanding, I think that's what sub-overland is. And you know, from there you can get into you know we're we're pretty, um, you know, on the the lesser price range for like the overland builds. You could definitely say that. So, um, you could say maybe like budget. You know, for for a lot of our clients. Um, and you know we pretty much just take you know used Suburbans and turn them into Overland rigs and add you know a lot of different you know modifications to them.
2: Yeah, so it's it's really fascinating because uh, I've I've seen your stuff, gosh, probably a couple of years ago, um, and and I always thought that you kind of bridged the gap between the van life and Overlanding life, right? So you take Suburbans. Um, and convert them. And what I mean by that is if, if you look at your build stuff, you have like wood paneling on the ceilings, uh, your wood storage boxes. I mean, it's, it's actually very gorgeous stuff. So um, I want to kind of dive into why Suburbans. Cause you know, a lot of, a lot of overlanding stuff is all Toyotas or Jeeps and stuff. So you don't really see Suburbans, which I, I personally, I love that you're going with the Suburban platform because I know Suburbans that have 300,000 plus miles, you know, so I want to kind of pick your brain yeah. as to why you 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 went the Suburban route.
1: Yeah. I think um, what you just said was like, you know, the, probably the top reason for me personally is that they're extremely reliable. Yeah. So, I mean, that's when you're like overlanding or just off-roading or just driving a car in general, <laughs> you know, you want. You want it to last a long time sure. and you want it to, you know, have pretty, like you can, the upkeep on it mm-hmm. um, needs pretty affordable to keep it for a long time. And the Suburbans just check all of those boxes. Yeah. Um, and opinion better than any other platform out there. I mean, that's just my opinion, but sure, of course. Um, with, with just, you know, the, the full size GM platform mm-hmm. and, you know, just all of the drivetrain that they've used over the years, it's extremely interchangeable. The parts are always in stock and very affordable. And on top of that, they're just reliable. They're just reliable as can be. So it's just, they're not going for that platform. And then on top of that, just the four-wheel drive capability, it's not like a... You know, you're not gonna throw 37s and 35s on a half ton suburban and go to Moab and not break anything. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's not it's not that not type many vehicles you can do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so you know, they're I mean, depending on the year. I mean, and so for most of our suburbans, you know, for overlanding, you don't need to rock crawl every day. And so it's just a great, comfortable ride that can get you you know as much you know deep into the words as deep into like the woods as you want that's awesome
3: yeah i think the the big part is like the reliability and the um the 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 maintenance and things like that you know you have a vehicle that's there's a lot of parts of it like you said and it's a heavy duty platform Mm. you know for the 1500 and it's a you know, a proven platform. And it's just makes it so people can get out there and, and have an affordable overland rig and not have something crazy expensive, like a brand new Tundra or Forerunner or whatnot. And it's using what you have. I think the main thing is, I think we've talked about a couple episodes, just like you don't need some crazy, you know, front and rear locked vehicle to get out there and explore because 90% of the time when I'm going, I guess you want to call it overlanding, You drive on like dirt roads and gravel roads that you could drive a Prius on like the guy we had on before. (laughs) You don't need this crazy, huge lifted, you know, articulating vehicle just to go out there and have fun and go camping with your family. You need something that's A, reliable and B, you know, you can get parts on the road if you're, you know, going to be traveling far. So I think, you know, that the Suburban, it's huge inside. There's so much room (laughs) and you have so much, you know, so much real estate to play with that it's a, it's a really good vehicle.
2: So Grady, how long has Suburban, I guess, how long has Suburban been a Suburban, right? How long has that nameplate been? When was the first year of the Suburbans? I guess now it's 2022.
1: Um, It's the longest running uh, model um, ever. Well, and I think is it the 30s or 40s. Wow. That's Um, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, so back, you know, back way back, they, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously two drive stuff, you know, they're really rounded, um, like pan suburbans, Mm -hmm. you know, so they're like no in the back. um, And those are like, you know, delivery rigs. Sure. And then, like, late 60s um, was the first four wheel drive stock one. It came from the factory with four wheel drive, Mm -hmm. um, very late 60s. And then um, from there, just kind of you know seventy three to ninety one, yeah. that's the longest running model. Um, wow. That's like you know like, right yeah, and so that's when it really you know GM really kicked it up. People were getting into like the airstreams were coming popular, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know no other company out there had something you could tow it with and haul eight kids, um, <laughs> <laughs> eight kids. <laughs> oh, so like you know, Ford, Ford never really hopped on that until the excursion. So it was really late in the game, like 73. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, 73 to 91 was like, you know, the heyday. Wow. Um, and so that's, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's been, it's been around forever. Sure. Now
2: I saw on your story a couple of days ago, I guess you're repairing one. Um, and I don't know what year it was, but there was a retractable flashlight in the engine bay. I thought that was the. I had never seen that before. I thought that was the coolest thing. It's literally, uh, he just pulled it out and like it was. I guess attached to the firewall, and it seemed like twenty feet of a flashlight. And I was like, "What is this?" It was. It was like the coolest. And I think it came factory right, or maybe it was a, an add-on or something. But yeah,
3: that was it. Was a factory
2: deal, That's just like an engine. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. So. Let me ask you this now that we've we've kind of established how long suburbans are, why you've gone the suburban route and kind of described your ethos uh, behind sub overland, I'd love to kind of learn about the different models you have and kind of doing some research for this, you have four models, is that right?
1: Yeah, we have four models
2: that we offer. Okay, cool. And um and, and you're gonna have to say these names because I, I can get base down, but the other three I don't know necessarily how to say. So I'll default to you to kind of explain those models and <laughs> tell us yeah. what they are. So,
1: um, yeah, so the base, the base is just um, we, we get a suburban and all of these models get the base treatment, if that makes sense. So okay. um we so we bring in a stock suburban. And we do a, you know, lift, tires, mm-hmm. shocks, change the fluids, tune up, and then fix anything that needs it. Like, for example, what was I doing today? Um, on the transfer case, there's an encoder motor. Mm-hmm. Um, so we replace anything that needs it, check engine lights are taken care of. You know, the list goes on. Brakes. Oh. It, we just do like a inspection. yeah um, And so that's the base model, mm-hmm. what I just described. And then from there, you can choose different models for, like, the interior build-out, build mm, okay. um, add-on. And, stuff. and so you start with, you know, Ichi, Mi, and San. Mm-hmm. And that's just you know, one, two, and three in Japanese. Oh, I was going
2: to ask what those meant. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> cool. That's really cool.
1: That's, I mean, my wife's in Japan. I used to live in Japan. We oh, we mean. spend a bunch of you know, so we wanted to kind of use you know, that in our business. Sure. Gotcha.
3: So you kind of do a full baseline of the vehicle, making sure it's capable. Do, do So do people bring them to you
1: or do you find them? Um, 95% we buy ourselves. So we source, you know, vehicles like. Gotcha. I'm heading a couple hours um, south. I'm buying a suburban. So that's, that's part of my job too, is we buy a private party. We don't really buy at auctions ever um we are a gotcha. dealer, so, so you know we have a dealer's license we can do that but it's just not i don't i don't like doing that um gotcha and, but yeah so we do have clients you know once in a while like they'll bring in their original owner you know like they bought it new uh suburban and we you know do whatever they want to it
3: gotcha so you go you basically get a vehicle you, you source a vehicle you have like an inventory like the people contact you or are you so they kind of just call in and see what you have, or?
1: Yes. So, um, quick, you know, over the process, people would just call in, and then first they, you know, put a deposit down to get on the waiting list. Okay. Um, the waiting list is usually over a year, so like right wow. now. Wow, that's awesome. Year and four months. Year and five months. Something like that. Um, June, July. I think we're into August of 2022. Wow,
3: 2022, that's that's awesome. So we're usually pretty
1: far out. And then from there, like three or four months before the completion date, I'll contact a client and be like, hey, we have these four Suburbans in stock. Which one do you want? And then they'll decide. Gotcha, so they're kind of just coming to
3: you saying, hey, I want a vehicle. I don't necessarily care exactly what color or trim package or anything. I just Mm -hmm. want the, the one, two or three model or the base. It's mainly
1: yes. Yeah. And then they'll, they can decide, you know, what, what like uh um, generation of suburban they want, you know, what, what okay. year and stuff like that. If they really want, like we have some guys that really want that square body, you know, like, yeah. uh, 70 um, and at that point I, you know, I obviously, I don't keep a bunch of those in stock.
3: Yeah. Those are harder to source. Right. Yeah. And Someone so calls we'll, in, they want the three door, the seventies three door. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're going to be looking around for a while. Right.
1: Yeah, seriously, I would probably buy it for them I would just buy it myself. <laughs> yeah,
3: to <laughs> so say, I don't think there's a handful of those still out there for sale. Cool. So they call, yeah. it, you, you give them a heads up, say, hey, you know, a couple of months, you know, we have these couple of vehicles and then they get their kind of package and they kind of just kind of keep in touch and just go from there and they just fly out and pick up their vehicle or are they mostly local or kind of how does that work?
1: Yeah. So um, yeah. So they'll they'll pick their package. You know what package? And then from there, there's like add on items, like if they want a winch or a swing away tire carrier or upgraded LED headlights, and you know there's like this big long on list. Um, mm, gotcha. So I get all that, and then we build it to their spec, and then they f- they fly in or drive in, and then you know purchase the vehicle and drive home. And most probably 95% again are out of state. Okay. Um, We don't sell very much locally. Not we're not really kind of under the radar here. We're in Twin Falls, Idaho, and no one really knows what we're doing.
3: Gotcha. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. How many do you know how many vehicles you've you've built over the years or how long you've been doing this?
1: So we think we started in 2018. Was okay. our first one. Um, we just, I'm actually right now, I'm working on number 100. Oh,
2: wow. that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, it was, cool. it's kind of interesting. I would have thought.
1: And it's it's going to Canada. So it's kind of cool. So we're shipping it to Canada. Mm. Nice. Special, more
2: special. <laughs> so, okay. So now that we've, you know, we've kind of gone through the different models, um, it seems like you're more than just a bolt on shop, right? You, you kind of talked about, um, how you, you baseline the vehicle kind of do preventative maintenance do a little bit of the maintenance to bring it up. Um, and I, I just kind of want to highlight that because that's such a cool aspect. You obviously have a passion for these platforms, right? Or else you wouldn't be building them and you have the passion to, to have other people to explore, you know, the outdoors with these incredible, uh, uh, rigs that you're, you're, you're pumping out. Um, so what are kind of some common maintenance items, uh, uh, that, that you've seen maybe with older models, newer models, maybe specific models have like, for example, hundred series, land cruisers, every 90,000 miles, we need a timing belt and a water pump. So do you have, do mm-hmm. Suburbans kind of have that, that same, uh, uh, repair items?
1: Yeah. Um, so for major stuff, uh, I'll just kind of generically talk like the 2000 to 2006 years Um, That's when they introduced the 5.3 LS into the lineup for Suburbans. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just like the best V8 ever made. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everyone ever just uses it. So it's a super, I don't know if it's the best or whatever, but there's a lot of debate about that, but it's just, it's used in a lot of, Different, you know, swaps. Anyway, mm-hmm. so with with Chevy's V first off, all of them are timing chains, and so it's uh, just that's nice, yeah. Like, so these last, you know, the time of the vehicle, you're you're gonna blow the motor up before the chain goes. <laughs> <you> know, <nine. laughs> yeah. So, but like maintenance stuff. By the time I get them, um, you know, not not every one of these has been. You know, garage kept and, you know, maintained Like every 30,000 miles, you do this. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get, you know, varying conditions, mm-hmm. um, it's different upkeep, but I think a really common one just for this platform in general are transmissions on these. Mm. Um, you will see transmissions go out before 200 K on, uh, on, on just suburbans in general, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the year. And so that's just something I, I tell my clients, just like, you know, just have have a couple grand laying around at some point, um, just in case the you know the tranny goes. Sure. Now I mean, we never send one out at like yeah. a showing sign, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, stuff stuff happens. It's, it's a car. I've seen it all. Um, and so. And the cool thing about that, even like the major maintenance stuff, you can pick up a tranny at any auto parts store for like 1,400 yeah. bucks, you know, four-year warranty. Oh, it's nice. A, you know, so um, not to like brag on any other like brand out there, mm-hmm. you know, because they're all, you know, everyone loves different things. I have own Toyotas. I have own Jeeps. Yeah. You know, they're great. They're great rigs. The fact of the matter is on a lot of those years, they're almost double as far as like um parts, mm-hmm. you know, double. Oh yeah. <laughs> we it's, pay the premium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's just something when you get into a car, you just have to realize in different cars and it's fine. Sure. You know, I I'm a big Land Rover fan. Um, that was how you know, I got <laughs> you know, off-roading. And yeah. it's a Land Rover. So like you just have to have a different mindset, sure. I guess. Sure. So Maintenance-wise, you don't have honestly a ton. I'm I, I'm not just saying that. There's like not a ton of major things on these things.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I so I used to own a 2003 Tahoe before I bought my 2003 Land Cruiser, and we had that for five years. Bought it with right around 100,000 miles, one owner um had all the maintenance records in it and not really that much maintenance was done to it and we we went a hundred thousand miles uh on brakes and oil changes no kidding to two hundred thousand miles and when we sold it it had uh it does not would not did not leak anywhere everything was i was waiting for the transmission to go out because i'd heard those same things uh, but like you said i had a couple grand always just in my emergency fund waiting for it you know if it was to happen but we sold it at 200k and and never had any any major issues outside of just normal preventative maintenance. And so that was when I started looking for my Land Cruiser, that was one of the main things that I was looking for was like, I I've got, I've had a very reliable vehicle. I want to make sure I go to another very reliable vehicle. And so that was one of the cool things about uh, bringing you onto the show uh, this week was uh, just because I had that, we've had that Tahoe. We bought that as our first family wagon and, and it's still near and dear to my heart as a, as a great vehicle because it served us so well.
1: Nice, perfect, for sure. Yep. I think that story is more the norm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always buyers for any vehicle, but that's that's a pretty normal story. Um, the most miles I've ever put on this drivetrain was over 400,000. Oh um, man, wow, cool. We did have a transfer case on it, but other than that, you know, and at, I sold it at 420. The guy's still driving around here in town. Awesome. Ooh. That's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. that's Um,
0: insane so the Steve, I don't know where, where we're at in the, in, in the flow of our conversation, but I definitely wanted to key in on um, what you build out in the back of your of the Suburbans that you put yeah. out because uh, I know and what Jeff does and his woodworking and and some of the the DIY stuff he's done that this is going to be a really cool conversation because I've seen what y'all put in there and once you explain what you do, I think it's going to really intrigue a lot of people. But man, that's some that's what I just want to say off the bat that's some really cool stuff. And if you could go into it
1: a little bit, that'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so first off, I guess I wouldn't call myself like a woodworker, um, or, you know, like a, I don't know how to say it, like a professional craftsman of, (laughs) of (laughs) um, I'm more of a, you know, you know, taught myself. I've never worked in that type of industry, I guess what I'm saying. Um, so first off, like our, our work here, it's probably, it's better than DIY for the most part. I mean, there's some super talented people out there, first off, I mean, there's some great, That's I've, I've been inspired by a lot of people out there. Um, I'm sure, yes, I'm, I'm sure I've seen your stuff. So, um, <laughs> like, well, but like, to compare us to the companies like Sub, or to like Sportsmobile, or some of these really high-end like band companies, um, it's just not where we're at you know what i mean yeah. we don't we don't charge 150 grand for our stuff and it's for a reason yeah. you know um so that's just first you know disclaimer right but um with our woodworking we have a CNC router so it's you know a nice. big full, you know a full bone you know they cost like 20 grand or whatever right mm-hmm. you know so it's like a real like legit machine yeah. um and we you you can put a full piece of plywood on it and that's where we get like those cubbies you see in the back. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. Those circles. So it's not just me with like my jigsaw, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they look look perfectly like
3: drawn out
1: and yeah, holding a handheld router. You just can't do that. No. So I mean, I tried (laughs) people people like like to comment and say, well, I can do that with my jigsaw. Well, I mean, sure. Go for it. But, um, our, you know, So as we slap it down the CNC um, and we've done enough of them to like, you know, we've we've got it down. You know, we, yeah. you would hope we, we have it down by now. Um, yeah. And so first off, you know, that machine is like, you know, great. That's, that's how we can, you know, replicate it. Um, and we use half inch birch plywood and then, you know, three three quarter inch birch plywood. So we don't use like, you know, the cheapy you know, plywood out there. Yeah, yeah would, you're
3: not using the builder grade no. stuff. Like when you cut the corners, you can actually see all wood and there's not like gaps in between <laughs> where there's like knots taken out and stuff.
1: Yeah. So yes, yeah, so we we try to like use the best wood that we can, you know, at the local Home Depot. We're not like, you know, we don't have like rich mahogany or <laughs> <But> bamboo or <laughs> but, something. Yeah, right. <laughs> Important bamboo. So um and then um, the the ceiling is that shiplap ceiling you guys have seen. That's just you know any, any shiplap you can you know get like uh, you know again like a Home Depot. That's where you buy a lot of our stuff. Um, I'm plugging Home Depot here. <laughs> but uh, that that's just pine shiplap, cool. and, oh, nice. and it's it's pretty thick. It, it it's thicker than probably a lot of builders would would use. If you guys are familiar with like the tongue and groove like cedar mm-hmm. stuff, yeah pretty thin most of that I used to do that but it's just such a pain to install um and it just it just didn't look as good as what we got now with yeah. the shiplap and so we do use a pretty robust pretty thick um ship like a three-quarter or something it's it's probably about a little bit less than half okay um, half inch. so it's it's just the normal stuff you see like a home Depot. gotcha um, okay like in six or eight foot um, lengths or 10 back nice but um, yeah so that's and then before we do all that we insulate the vehicle um, so we insulate nice. like you know the back window and the ceiling so it's all insulated fully insulated and then we add all of you know the wood so you have the storage in the side and then we put a platform in it you know just a platform bed again made out of wood again overly built all of this is we are not trying to win any like weighing competitions. Like, <laughs> like this is not like aluminum, yeah. you know, space technology. I mean, this is old fashioned three quarter inch plywood. It yeah. is. Um, and then we have, have the-
3: a platform that can hold it. Right. I mean, you're in a 1500 chassis, so you're yes. a heavy, heavy vehicle. You know, you can hold the, the weight that you guys are putting in there. It's not a Honda CRV. That's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on some like old coil springs that are all sagged out. So you
1: can hold the weight. Yep. So that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty much the interior, you know, as far as woodworking goes. Um, and then inside is like a, you know, we have a fridge and then we use Goal Zero. I'm sure you guys are familiar with them. Yep. Um, so we use their products and uh, Dometic fridge. And then there's some lighting in there. And um, a fan, like a, just an RV ceiling fan that we do. Is it one of those like Max Cool brands or? Um, it, it's just like it. we use the Dometic one. It's you know, fantastic. Oh, okay, yeah. Nice. But, yep, there's like the Max Air. Um, Max Air, that's what it is. Yep. And so it's it's just a regular fan, you know, 14 by 14, like any RV out there.
3: Cool. I'm researching fans and that makes a big difference, especially when it's hot out, right?
1: Oh, for sure. It's so nice, especially when, I mean, I used to, I had my two kids, so we, I've slept three adults and two kids in a Suburban. That's like, <laughs> that's amazing. Pretty tight, but uh, yeah, that's, that's cozy.
3: Yeah. So you want, I to- did, I did two adults and two kids in my hundred series land cruiser. <laughs> nice. That's, in, that's, uh, that's about in the big, sir. <laughs> yeah, we were, it was freezing. It was like 32 degrees and I had my uh, I think it was, she was 11, 11, or 12 months old at the time, just a year old. And we were all sleeping in this giant tent it was getting cold. And we woke up at like two in the morning. Mm-hmm. The baby was just not, not sleeping. Wife's like, this is cold. I'm like, let's go in the car. I had like a big sleep platform. <laughs> it was basically like a four, four by eight sheet, you know, on a platform. And it was so nice. We, we turned the heater on for 15, 20 minutes. Got, okay. got it all nice and toasty in there. And we were, I mean, we were sweating all the inside had condensation <laughs> with the Titanic inside in the morning, but <laughs> everyone was nice and cozy and it was perfect. Nice. So I could have used one of those fans on the ceiling yeah. for sure to, <laughs> <laughs> to vent out some of the,
2: uh, the inside. So earlier uh, Grady, you mentioned, you know, you're not trying to compete with sprinter, right? We all kind of know sprinter vans are, are, high dollar stuff top quality but the the, the cost is, is pretty substantial um and we're and when we were kind of researching you i noticed that your base price is 5500 and then it goes up to i think twelve thousand. and don't quote me on that but i think that's rough estimate right but mm-hmm. what i found so amazing was you do all this work you source the vehicle you baseline the vehicle and then you also um that you use. Twelve thousand gets you the vehicle, right? So it's not vehicle plus twelve thousand. Um, and so as you're kind of talking about what you're doing for the, bled, the bed platform and and the wood paneling and the recess lighting and the Dometic fridge and the Goal Zero, like that's incredible value, I think, um, that that you're bringing to, you know, your customers. So no wonder you've sold a hundred of these, you know, Suburbans. I think it's 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 amazing.
1: Yeah. I- I think what a lot of people, I guess, don't get about us is kind of what you're talking about. We spend, as far as time wise on the vehicle, um, the most time that we spend is getting it to that base. Hmm. Um, and I mean, we we drive each one of these vehicles two to three hundred miles to yeah. like person. Wow, and gotcha. So, so it's not like so. I mean, stuff happens. I mean. I'll just be, I mean, I, I'm, I consider myself a pretty honest person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to just like bait and switch someone or like a typical car dealer, I guess you could say, kind of get a yeah. bad rap sometimes. Right. Sure. Um, okay. But even after all of the work that we do and we go in my mind above and beyond, as far as like getting it ready for these people. Um, I mean, like what, what car dealership would drive a car 300 miles just to see if it, didn't have a check engine light, come on, right? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> no, nobody. <laughs> Not so many good. at all. So, so even after that happens, we'll get clients. I mean, stuff stuff breaks. It's it's an older car and it's it's mechanical. But we feel really confident that we you know tried our best for sure, and we're giving like you said a good value. And yes, our prices for fifty five hundred bucks, you get into a suburban with higher miles mm. so over 200k mm. that's kind of you know where we start if we want if a client is comfortable with those kind of miles sure. then you know for 5500 bucks there you are um and you can see extra cash for maybe something that breaks in the future sure um yep. and then from there you know we have mileage ranges that they choose from mm, cool. um, you know as far as like what mileage they're comfortable with mm-hmm. and then you know, yes, the full vehicle. So I guess the sawn package, that's kind of what I was explaining with all the options, all the woodwork, all the electrical, you know, the solar shower, the roof rack, the solar panel, uh, you know, the fan, the fridge, the Goal Zero, wow. all that um, comes right in around 14 grand. Um, wow. And that, you know, that, that, that I mean, that's a that's good theory, value.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I have that easily into mind and I did all the work myself. It's crazy. So yeah. that's a, that's a huge value. And I love all the stuff that you think of like you, you're building your own like solar showers too, right?
1: Yes. That, so, um, my dad is the partner in the business. So okay. he, he's kind of, he comes up with a lot of these ideas. Like he'll see one, I don't know, like on YouTube or something that like someone made and he's like, I can do that better, you know? So he'll, yeah. he'll um, and making his own and so he he's designed a lot of these like add-on items that we have um like like the swing away tire rack that we're launching here now oh. um you can okay with your stock bumper you know so most you know most swing aways you see you gotta buy the you know the fifteen hundred dollar bumper first and then have you know the swing away which is fine it's fine like I'm not I'm not ragging on people again like that's that that's one route that you can go yep we just wanted to have an option that you can, you know, hold onto your stock bumper and get your, you know, tire back there.
3: Because Suburbans have an actual steel bumper, which is pretty rare.
1: (laughs) Oh, I didn't even know that. That's really cool.
2: So
3: you can get in a fender bender and not have to replace the whole bumper.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's a pretty, pretty beefy bumper. I've backed into a couple things in my (laughs) Tahoe and it did leave a mark.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I like how everything is just simple. Like, like I watched your, your, the, the shower, the solar shower build. And you're like, it's just simple. Like there's no pumps, there's no pressurizing. It's just a gravity fed. It works when there's water in there. You don't have to charge anything. And the, the simplicity of it is, is just what you need out there. Cause so many people get caught up in, I guess I shouldn't talk. Cause I built like a <laughs> water pump heated shower for mine, but <laughs> Um, <laughs> I like the simplicity of it. Cause you don't have to flip any switches. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to worry about it leaking. It's just, it's on the roof. It has water in it and you're good to go. So the simplicity is, is a very awesome piece.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. What you like, we really do try to keep things simple. Like, like seriously, like we try everything that we put on the vehicle, we want it to have as low maintenance possible. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's our, our kind of motto that we have. If we had a motto, um, it's, was it build it, build it simple, build it strong? And I'm forgetting it. This is embarrassing, but it's something to Build <laughs> it simple, build it strong. And uh, I'll have to get my dad on this one. He always remembers this. But, uh, but we, so we usually overbuild stuff and yeah. make a huge emphasis on simplicity.
2: Yeah, that's huge, especially yeah, like the, when the
1: drawers, the,
3: oh,
2: sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, that, that's huge when, when you're out in the, you know, in the woods somewhere, when you're, you know, a hundred miles from civilization, you know, you don't want your, your pump, you know, your water pump to, to fail and then you can't get, you know, to your water. So, I mean, it, it's, yeah, I'm hosed.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Screwed. I got to take the whole thing up
2: there. So, I mean, I, I love that, that mentality of just keep it simple.
1: Thanks. Yeah and that's with our with our uh, our uh, bed platform and those like sliding drawers i think someone someone's going to comment on that but you know for um like the full length drawers you see a lot of systems out there um with like you know the rollers and stuff right with like you know um different types of bearings and all, all the different setups mm-hmm. um ours are on the wood and so it's you know it's wood on wood nice. i guess you could say
3: do you guys just use some like paraffin wax or what's the what's the wax that you
1: do you use any we, wax or anything we used to we don't even like i do that anymore it's just cool. it just kind of slides nicely on, on the plywood and um yeah. i mean when you when you get a lot of weight in our platform um it's definitely harder than like those nice rolling berries <laughs> for sure um pull it out but you can still get everything you know out yeah
3: yeah. But you're paying $2,000 for like a goose gear rear platform that has ball bearing hinges. That's, that's almost half the price of the vehicle. Yeah, So yeah. it's, it's crazy. You're, you're not gonna, you know, if you have a brand new Range Rover, you're probably gonna be able to afford to put those types of things in. But if you're driving a suburban, you just want to get out there. It doesn't really matter as long as you can put your crap in the back and get out to the middle of nowhere and enjoy the peace and quiet. So
1: for sure,
3: it totally
0: fits. So curious. Um, this is always a fun question. I like to ask: What is the largest tire one can fit on a stock suburban? <laughs>
1: that's a good. That's a good question. Um, so, hmm, there's a, there's a lot of info on this. Um, I mean, not not a lot of info. Just there's there's a couple of videos out there that I've seen guys at 35 on like a leveling kit.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, we're talking rubbing or some rubbing action going on with that right
1: there's um no i would never do it first off <laughs> 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 on our vehicles um <laughs> for a lot of reasons i went um for for our rigs we we do like a um, level in the front and then do different coils in the rear mm. and so it's pretty much like a a two inch lift somewhere around there so it's very minor okay gotcha and so we fit a 33 mm-hmm. um so you can fit a 33 on a stock suburban by cranking up the torsion keys um without nice. really rubbing you can you might have to trim a little bit and then from there i've seen guys throw 35s on them there everyone's always talking about it you know 35 is kind of like the entry into you know, crawling, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a gateway tire. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying it, and I just don't.
0: The drivetrain would
1: handle it all right. You know, even the half tons, if you weren't locked up. But I guess at that point, I just ask why. You know, if it's if it's an overland rig, you're not going to need thirty fives on the suburban, depending on where you're going. exactly yeah the fuel economy you're losing plus you know wear and tear it just doesn't add up for most people Mm. um personally i love the look of them and i'm actually i do have a parts car sitting out back it's like a 90s three quarter ton, and it'll it'll be kind of like the our our gambler 500 rig if we ever do that right (laughs) Uh, nice. nice and yeah on that thing yeah i would i would throw 35s and start (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) nice but but on someone like a client's rig yeah 33s is a great size so
0: so you you know you have all these great reasons for why you wouldn't put 35s on on you know the rig but which one gets more instagram likes
1: (laughs) that's all that matters (laughs) right (laughs) No, that's true. Um, yeah, I have a, I have like an '86 blazer um, that I would love to put 35s on it. It would look way way good. So
3: <laughs> nice, nice. <I> mean, <laughs> oh man. Everyone always wants <laughs> a bigger tire, man. Everyone <laughs> always wants a bigger one. Yeah, man.
1: Jeez, oh, Lankers, I've done two eighty builds actually for your Toyota guys out there. I guess you you guys all have. Land cruisers, right? Yeah, yes. I drive
3: an 80. I got an 80 uh 80 series of 97 locked.
1: 80, okay. And then it, was it like a hundred series? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We both yeah. got a hundred series. Me too. Okay, yeah. cool. So I I've had a couple 80 series. Um and I did the first lift on one for a client who's a friend of mine. And it's so cool, but like like you know, obviously the soft front axle, front, front, front rear in the 80 series. And with just a minor, you know, we did the uh, old man emu lift on it. Mm-hmm. I think it was yeah. like three inches. I used I don't know if he use J springs or not. Anyway, we're getting to like Toyota stuff. But um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's, cool. it's cool that you can throw. You know, I threw thirty fives on that thing and it drove great, right? Oh. And you won't even notice like the, that. It that it like, had thirty fives. It, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And so they just I, fit yeah they just look good they fit on the on the suburbans i'm, I'm more of a fan of a 33. <laughs> you know, it looks better proportionally
3: like yeah. feel, the way the the wheel well is shaped on the, the suburban i feel like a 33 is a good size
0: yeah
3: it's more yeah. squared off yeah it's why Mine i had 30. Let's when say, i bought my 80 series it had 35s bone stock there was no lift on it it had 35s yes and it didn't rub at all and it's like oh my gosh so i'm gonna lift this now i need to buy 37s and everyone's like 37s or you need to put 37s and i'm like i can barely get up the mountain that i live on with my 35s i mean it's in first gear going up this hill cars are like honda civics are passing me it's like (laughs) i don't need 37s 35s work fine the land cruisers with 33s go the same places that i go you know because i usually have my kids in the car so it's like i'm not going to go on you know, two wheels with my kids in there. So it's like, you know, I don't need the 30, 37. So 35s, whatever fits well in the wheel wells is, is, you know, kind of what I, what I like.
0: That's what I've learned. The, the 33s, the guys with Land Cruisers on 33s go exactly the same places I do with my 35s, (laughs) except they didn't have to cut up and bash in their fender wells (laughs) to make it happen.
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nice.
0: Nice. And my CVs will go out 30K before theirs do as well, probably. <laughs> and steering oh, rack. So much more. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I still, I still a big fan of the GM. I've got one sitting right back here. This is my wife's ride. It's a newer model GM, uh, Yukon. And it's, uh, we, we love the platform, uh, the way they sit. I mean, you just, you just can't beat the, the driving position of of the the GM the big SUV GMs I really like them you sit on the Land Cruiser you sit up and kind of you kind of look sit over the vehicle um but in the in the GMs at least from from the you know the 03 or earlier model to the newer models you kind of sit inside into the middle and it has a really good driving position that, that I enjoy a lot like I drive that especially now that we're we're home and and we don't you can't, I mean, we're just, we're always home because it's a pandemic and everyone's home all the time. And so there's really no reason to have two vehicles in our house, but I've got a cool Land Cruiser, so I'm not going to get rid of it. Um, but, but it's we're I'm in this more than I am the Land Cruiser because it's just so comfortable to drive. And, and I know I remember back in the Tahoe, it was so comfortable to drive too. And so not only are they reliable, but it's, a, it's, I mean, it's, it's like as close as you can get to like utilitarian luxury, if that makes sense.
1: I think
0: it's a good way to explain it. That's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but we're coming up here on an hour, guys. Any any other questions to wrap up here? Um, this has been a really fun conversation.
2: Yeah, this has been uh, fantastic.
3: I have a question on like the electrical system and stuff on, on what you do to upgrade that because I know you can throw some big alternators in those things and I'm jealous because I can't really on mine. So what <laughs> kind of stuff do you do with like bigger alternators or dual batteries, or you, you mentioned that you do goal zero. Is that kind of the plug and play drop in to keep it portable?
1: Yeah, so um, the electrical system has evolved probably the most out of like what we do in the builds. Um, our first one was a dual battery. The first two, number one and number two were a dual battery system. Mm-hmm. Um, the GMs, uh, you can actually just put it right there. It's nice, like it's like made for it. So you can slap a a good AGM in there and uh, back an And that's how we ran all the power, the auxiliary power. And then I used, and then I changed um, because it was kind of a pain to do it in the engine compartment. And so at that point I ran, you know, a big old like six gauge wire from the alternator to um, the inside of the car. and we had two like you know uh, deep cycle you know, AGMs in there. Gotcha. Okay. So we would charge it from the alternator and the solar, um, and so I would I was essentially making like my own goal zero if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just it just didn't look as pretty. So um, again, like my wiring, it's it's it it all works fine. And it's great, but it's not going to look like the sports like the, the works again. Right. And so, yeah, that always just kind of bothered me um, a little bit. Um, and it was super reliable, but the goal zero, we switched to it for two main reasons. One, like I just mentioned it, it just kind of looks better to me than like my wiring job. And then number two, um, it, uh, it's super portable and you know it had the gold zero warranty it's a lithium battery had the inverter and i didn't have to spend all the labor you know i was sitting there on my bench you know yeah listening. when you
3: add it all up <laughs>
1: because, <laughs> yeah. you know i had the the big old 2001 inverter i'm sure you guys have seen all those builds like yeah. i need to do yep. that probably 50 times yeah you know um, you can buy
3: the Goal Zero and just literally drop it in. And it's all plug gone. in your solar and you're done, right?
1: Yes. So we actually saved our clients money by going to Goal Zero, long story short. Yeah, that um, no, so makes sense. And, and so that, that, that was really nice. Um, and then, yeah, it's just connected. Now the Goal Zeros are super simple. Like you said, it's plug and play. You slap it in there and then you, uh, it's a 12 volt uh, like cigarette lighter charger. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one we use. And so you just plug it into your car to charge the Goal Zero while you're driving, and then we have like a hundred watt solar panel up top for you know when you need it. Gotcha. And we just wire you know the lights and everything else to directly to that Goal Zero.
3: That's perfect. Keep it totally separate. You don't have to screw with it and you know worry about you know having a dead battery or hey the other batteries aren't charging. And you can take it out too. So if you're camping, you don't have to be like totally vehicle reliant which my 80 series is like all vehicle reliant like if i go to a campground where you park your car somewhere and then you put your tent somewhere else like i'm hosed like everything's built around my vehicle
1: yes that's that's a really good point so yeah we've we've liked them they're it's a good product nice
0: so kind of, kind of question we didn't really talk too much about. We talked a lot about the business and, and kind of what you do for your clients. How do you like to enjoy the outdoors and, and overlanding in general?
1: Um, so I was born and raised here in Idaho. And so I've always had like a four-wheel drive rig. Um, and so I've always been drawn to like off-roading in general, you know, before mm-hmm. overlanding is the thing, you know, in high school um like i said i had a couple land cruisers i had an xj i beat the living crap out yeah i love xjs (laughs) it was fun um you know i had a land cruiser like a probably it was the 80 series anyway so i've had some experience with that i've gone to moab i had a a yj like a 95 the best year (laughs) wrangler Where it's, it's a wrongler. It's a wrongler. The <laughs> headlights are all wrong. It's
0: <laughs> great you have to understand. LJ owns a scrambler, so he's very much
2: a, a Jeep guy too. So.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, so I, I bought. I bought. A, I bought a scrambler as my first overland rig. Did one trip and realized I made the worst decision you could possibly make. <laughs> after I did a thousand miles, and it was like this is the worst idea ever. You're a complete idiot, LJ. And I wouldn't bought a Land Cruiser after that. <laughs>
1: That's cool. A scrambler. I saw one running around in town. So they're still out there. That's cool. cool. Um, yeah. So Moab. Moab's been a part of my life for sure. Nice. Um, so took that 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 YJ open diffs on some like gnarly trails, you know, and so that was <laughs> just super fun. Took the Land Rover. We had a Discovery. I had a, a range rover. Anyway, so we took those things to Moab. So I'm into like the off-roading. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it, yes, but with the family, my wife's not as much into like, oh yeah, let's let's go to Hell's Revenge and tear the crap out of the car. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? That's, my wife neither. <laughs> that's more of like like these guys' trips, I guess. Mm-hmm. For me, right now, there's, there's a lot of women out there that love off roading, and that's fine. My sister's one of them, but. Um, so we are more the style of overlanding now naturally, just because I have a family, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you guys do too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and because of that, um, that's what kind of got us into it, and camping inside the vehicle is so much easier than like tenting for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. so hands really um now we have more kids, so it's obviously very difficult we have like we got the trailer we got the the rtt we got it all i was very anti any of that stuff before but now i've got kids but anyway so yeah what like drew me to the overlanding um and sleeping in the rig um versus sleeping outside of it um so hopefully that explains it (laughs) no it does it does does. but we're we're super into climbing. There's tons of rock climbing around here. Skiing, you know, hiking, you know, fishing. All the I mean, all the stuff you can do. Mountain biking, um, and so because of that, having a vehicle that can get you through those places is like just really really nice. Mm-hmm. And having all the all packed and ready to go, that's just it makes it so much easier when you're heading out on Friday yeah. instead of all the crap in there last minute, your wife's mad, the kids are angry. You know? and so, when are we leaving? Like, I'm hungry. <laughs> I want to give people that experience because some people haven't thought of that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I feel like it's, you know, my kind of role to maybe like educate versus like my YouTube channel on things like that. And so there's like different ways that you can more enjoyable ways.
0: Yeah. 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 I- I'd say um, I-, I was more more drawn to the off-roading side first and then the camping second right and i think uh you know like steven's been more of camping and then oh, is getting well, yeah. into the <laughs> off-roading side uh hanging out with us because um, he wants to go camping so you got to go off-roading if you're going yeah. camping with us <laughs> um but but yeah definitely you know I, i'm an off-roader first uh, but like you said like now that i got the small kids like you know we want to head up to north carolina and go snowboarding we want to follow a storm and i want to make sure the vehicle i'm in is going to be able to get us to the top of that mountain to enjoy it right and so you got to have that ability there um to, to get up and do do those things and so i'd say i'm pretty similar i, I think jeff's probably a similar boat i've seen i've seen him some old oh, pictures yeah. of uh you jumping some some danger rangers in the past <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Poor Brooklyn Ranger. laughs> Um, yeah, oh, cool. the whole aspect of like the vehicle and, and, you know, I, when I got my, I had a hundred series before the 80 series and the whole thing with the, in the vehicle sleeping is I wanted the SUV because you could sleep in there. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in Southern California, so I'd go to the deserts and out of nowhere, you'd have like rain and wind storms and dust storms and stuff. And I wanted the ability to be able to just get the kids in the car, start it up and turn on the AC if it's hot or turn the heater on if it's cold and get out of the elements and be able to sleep through the night. Cause nothing's worse than being in a tent with kids and the wind blowing and water coming in. it's like having the bed inside the vehicle, it's watertight. It's you can't best. hear the wind really. You know, you turn on the rain sounds on like the tablet and <laughs> you wake up and you're just like, boom, like it's, you're just like rejuvenated and you don't have any of the, any of the elements to deal with. So for sure, that's huge. No setup, too. Like, you take the car seats out, flip them over, put them in the front seat, put the platform out, and you're good.
1: Definitely.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I couldn't imagine a Suburban with that much extra room because that's like, what? It's like a foot and a half, two feet longer than a Land Cruiser? Yeah. Maybe three they're, feet? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're
1: long. are they're, long. They're big, man. Yeah, because like behind the third row seat, you know, there's a ton of room before behind the third row. Yeah,
3: yeah. my head. I'm 6'1". My head hits the tailgate, and my feet just touch the front seat with them scooted forward. So I think it's about eight feet. Oh man, that's awesome!
1: That's wild. From the, back to the front, like if you really wanted to extend out the platform, it's like
3: a single Chevy. cab Chevy Silverado with a long bed. <laughs>
0: It's, you got tons yeah. of room. Well, awesome! Hey guys, that was that was a lot of fun, uh, Grady. Thanks for for joining us uh, this yeah, week. It you. was great to have you on to learn about uh, sub overland, learn about your business, and, and also learn a, bit, a little bit about yourself and how you like to enjoy the outdoors. Um, and uh, if you can, real quick, uh, give us uh, give us a quick shout out on where people can find you on Instagram and YouTube.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do a bunch of stuff on Instagram, you know, just at sub overland and then, um, our YouTube channel is again, sub overland. You can find yes. it there. Uh, I get a bunch of videos on there and that's more of my focus nowadays. So I try to do a lot there too. Awesome.
0: awesome.